0: Thanks, George. We are just pleased and delighted to welcome Smithsonian Folkways recording artist Lula Wiles to the cabaret studio at KGNU in Boulder today. They've just played a house concert in Fort Collins last night, and they're stopping by en route to the Moab Folk, Moab Folk Festival this weekend before a return to the front range to play Daniels Hall at Swallow Hill Music in Denver next Sunday, November 3rd. So Lula Wiles, welcome. Thank you. And I got to say, full transparency, when I let some folks know uh, that you were coming in studio today to play, there was a little bit of confusion around uh, Lula Wiles as in the singular. And I had to, you know, sort of answer the question, what kind of music does she play? By letting them know that, in fact, Lula Wiles is a trio, at least today, in the studio. So uh, let's set the record straight right away. Get your introductions. Let Mm -hmm. folks know who's here, what instruments you're playing, and then get a musical introduction by way of your... First song, if you would, please.
1: Great. Um, yeah, so none of us are named Lula Wiles. That's just the name of the band. Um, and my name's Issa Burke, uh, and uh, I sing and play acoustic guitar and electric guitar and fiddle in this band, although we'll be keeping it all acoustic today.
2: And this is Molly Obamsawin, and I'm going to pl- be playing the bass and singing also. And I'm Eleanor
3: Buckland, and for this first song, I'm playing fiddle, and then I'll be playing acoustic guitar as well.
1: And she sings too. Oh yes, of <laughs> course. <laughs> um, yeah, and we'll we'll start with a, a song off our most recent record, which is called "What Will We Do," um, and the song is called Independence Day. One, two, three, four. <laughs>
0: in the kg and Cabaret Studio with a beautiful, beautiful mellow tune to start their in-studio performance, one called Independence Day. Um, I wondered if I could sort of start at the beginnings of the band and, and get a bit of your origin story. I, I note deep roots in the heart of Maine and maybe coalescing at an early age around fiddle camps, but um, how did this band form uh, as we know it today?
1: Yeah, so um, you are right. We all uh, we all started playing music together at Maine Fiddle Camp uh, when we were in our early teens. Um, but the band kind of started uh, when we were all uh, living in Boston, studying at Berklee College of Music. Um, we all went there for, we like to say, for varying lengths of time and to varying degrees of success. <laughs> um, but when... When Ellie and I were there, which was the year before Molly started there, um, we started playing together as a duo. This is Issa speaking, by the way. Um, Ellie and I started playing as a duo, um, kind of built on, like, sort of this discovery that we'd made at Fiddle Camp of how much we loved singing together. Um, I really, I felt like as soon as I started singing with Ellie, it was just a very natural vocal chemistry that we've kind of always had.
3: Meant (laughs) to
0: be.
1: Yeah,
3: kind of a a nice magical spark. And then, yeah, and then we played a gig where we really wanted a bass player and Molly had just moved to town and we'd known her forever too. So it also just seemed to fit. And it felt great, you know, from that point, that start. And I feel like a big part of what we felt, the three of us, like the magic of the band at the start was that we had known each other for so long. So things felt really good and natural and we were able to like, you know, just have so much fun. Um mm. arranging a so, music and playing shows, um, kind of based on this like deep understanding of each other as like fifteen year olds, which totally. is special. <laughs> and, yeah. <you> Definitely know.
4: <laughs>
0: So from Maine down to Boston, getting what you needed from Berklee School of Music and forming this yeah. band. So you mentioned um, your it's actually your second recording, the one that's on uh, Folkways, yeah. uh, Smithsonian Folkways Records, What Will We Do? And I think a lot of our listeners, uh, because of the music that we feature here, know Folkways Records or Smithsonian Folkways, both for its rich history, home of Woody Guthrie, Liv Cotton, Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee, Big Bill Brunzi and others. But it's one that's still very current, very vital, I think, of newer artists like uh, Kyler Cater, Dom Flemons, exactly. Ann and Elizabeth, who've played mm-hmm. in this room before. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about your path to the label, what it's meant to you to join such a storied stable of artists on Smithsonian Folkways.
2: Yeah, Yeah, well, it's definitely an honor. And we, growing up playing traditional music, we're always very aware of Smithsonian folkways and, you know, the all the recordings that they have that are so helpful to young musicians and just music listeners in exploring the genres yeah, available. Yeah. Um, a deep history there. Yeah.
1: And really keeping and, a lot of keeping a lot of traditions alive. Um, yeah, they're they're great.
2: We were, it definitely uh, snuck up on us that they were interested <laughs> in us. That was not a thing that we were even considering. Yeah, um, no, it was not was an on option.
0: our radar at like, all. Hello, surprise, we'd like to offer you a recording <laughs> Really, <much."> Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was really,
2: it was, uh, yeah, alarming. And did a, did, a did great they
0: did you mentioned off mic that um, you played up at. Um, Newport. Now that was probably after the album. But yeah. how did how'd you get on their radar?
2: We so we do this, it's not a super interesting story, but oh. there's like a big folk networking conference festival thing called Folk Alliance. Oh sure. Yeah. And so we were there and they um John Smith was in in the room before he even got the folkways yeah job actually. Yeah, that's so. right.
1: He's yeah, so the guy who signed us to Folkways is the current associate director, but he wanted to work with us before he was Running folkways, Um,
3: tracked we we played a showcase and he like tracked us down in the hallway. At like three a.m. in the hallway, three a.m. and was like, "Let's have a meeting." Three
1: hours. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) That you know that's analogous to how filmmakers talk about getting uh, their distribution. So, what a what a great thing. Again, much like when the two of you met, Is and Ellie, that you know your voices were meant to be, and then this uh, sort of union with uh, folk uh, Smithsonian folkways. some individual questions before yeah, we get back yeah. to the music. Um, just trying to track down history's Issa. Mm-hmm. Um, it says that you hail from a musical family. Do you... Uh, I
1: do. Well, all three of us do. Okay. We all have at least at least one musical parent. But yes, my parents are... Um, their names are Susie Burke and David Surrett, and they uh, live in Maine, and uh, they mostly play regionally around um, the Northeast. Uh, they both play guitar and sing and my dad also plays mandolin um and they are they're great. I love them. They're playing at the Moab Folk Festival. They're not actually oh, playing at the not. Moab Folk oh. Festival. They're teaching at the Moab Folk um, Camp. Yeah. Yeah. So they're actually they're already in Moab right now. So I'm going to get to hang with them Family this weekend. In yeah, Moab, I love that. And this I is
0: I the that. this is
1: the first time actually that we've uh, we've like crossed paths in our in our professional yeah. lives which is um, really exciting. It is <laughs> yeah.
0: exciting. It's monumental. So I get that you're steeped in old time music but um is it true that you also once learned all of Lindsey Buckingham's guitar parts <laughs> for the Rumours tribute album? Yes. <laughs> Indeed it is. So <laughs> you did your re- You did. yeah, you really did your homework.
1: <laughs> uh so yeah, uh a couple years back, uh Sean our drummer who's currently sitting in the in the studio um Sean and I had the crazy idea to put together a uh, Rumors tribute show, um, which we did at the Lizard Lounge in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Quite possibly. My favorite bar in the world. Arguably the greatest bar in the world. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so... We put together a band, which included Ellie. Um, it was I, me and Sean and Ellie and our friend uh, Nate Sabbat from the band Mile 12 on bass and our friend Mari Campbell on keys. Um, she's known as a harp player, but she also rocks the keys. And so we did, yeah, we did this Rumors tribute show. We played the whole record top to bottom. It was
0: so fun. Favorite favorite tune off that iconic uh, oh, classic rock?
1: I could <laughs> you know, never chain. The Chain, could... man, the the chain was probably so, my yeah, favorite to play, play and sing. Yeah, really take um, And Never Going Back Again is mm-hmm. so hard to play on guitar. I spent a lot of time on that one and i would like to take another crack at it sometime
0: <laughs> well i think you already know your set list for today or i would request yeah. you guys to yeah, out totally. some, some fleetwood mac
1: we honestly should be doing a fleetwood mac cover, cover this at least cover one. one yeah it's criminal so, that we haven't
0: yet ellie we mm-hmm. were uh, be- as we were setting up the studio this morning you mentioned your your uh move to nashville yeah. and i'm just curious with your roots uh, in rural maine um how's this uh, nashville what was the decision about and how's it going and um yeah Finding your new home there.
3: Well, I'm I'm definitely still finding my new home. That is for <laughs> sure. We we spend so much time on the road, and we're quite you know privileged to be able to do that and play our music all over the country. It's amazing, and we've we've wanted to play all our you know play the music of this record, um, but certainly that's made the move challenging in that. Uh, I'm only home every so often, so it's sort of hard to keep my plants alive, yeah. you know, and like, um, <laughs> so, to speak. so to speak, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> in, in the literal <laughs> and, in and metaphorical, metaphorical
3: sense. sense. <laughs> um, but my the reason for moving was that you know I'd lived in Boston for eight years, and that was the, you know that's where I came into adulthood and kind of the only place I'd lived in my adult life, and I was really feeling ready for a change in kind of like musical scenery. I love the roots um, and country and songwriting community in Boston. And that's something that like shaped me so much as a musician, but I was, you know, starting to feel sort of uninspired in the same place. Um, And I really um, have loved the vibe in Nashville of just being able to like hang out in your backyard at a campfire and like everybody's down to just like have a cookout because everyone tours and then you're off the road and people just want to chill out yeah which i love that vibe and um so that's been pretty cool and then yeah i know and i did grow up in maine but i've i've been kind of like getting into learning more about my dad's maternal side of the family actually And my i do have some southern roots there um it's like like coming home yeah folks that i don't really know that well who i think were just kind of like poor folks growing up playing a lot of them playing music so that's been pretty cool to kind of figure out but no Na- like there's no connection familiarly to Nashville but
0: I'm there anyway can, I wonder if you can ever get your northeastern bandmates to visit never moving Not there. so, it's, much. Yeah, it's, so yeah. we have Lula Wiles in the studio <laughs> For visiting, yes. uh, Lula Wiles which we've established as a, a trio before we hear a couple more tunes by them I'm going to um, turn to the third member um Molly, and I know that I, I I'm gonna ask you this, knowing that it's a much much longer discussion. But um, you gave me and other readers of the online magazine uh, Folk Life some serious pause to reflect with an article you wrote earlier this year um, about Woody Guthrie's iconic "This Land Is Your Land," beginning by saying those lyrics shake me up like a soda can every time I hear them. So I'll I'll talk to George Figs with his other hat about maybe posting this online. But um, could you share a little bit about it's a very robust complex argument that you put forward and yet you know it it really is about the widespread ignorance regarding native people and native sovereignty among virtually all of american society talk a little bit about the the thesis and the response you've gotten
2: totally that's a great uh, summation um if it can be summarized but yeah so i talked about i used woody guthrie's song this land is your land as sort of a jumping off point to talk about the erasure of indigenous people Among all Americans, even in you know more leftist activist circles, Um, and because that song is so emblematic of like it's the movements of of the people, you know that's like the people's song of America. However, um, it sort of exemplifies the kind of erasure that we um, that Americans and American ignorance supports um, about the existence of Native people. You know, this land is your land, this land is my land, Um, and without sort of any nod to Native existence, and um, it's a song that has always made me uncomfortable at demonstrations um, as a Native woman. I'm a citizen of the Abenaki First Nation. Um, And um, some of the lyrics, I know that he wrote it sort of in, um, I know his intentions with with that song were very good, and a lot of it is sort of sarcastic, right, Mm -hmm. and sort of a play on God bless America, right? but the way that it is sung now doesn't really have that kind of self-awareness. And I actually I just finished reading um, Buffy Saint Marie's autobiography, authorized biography, and she had she shared similar experiences of being in circles where that song is being sung and being expected to sing it and being uncomfortable. So,
0: so yeah. without without um, giving it some critical mm-hmm. consideration, this land is your land we need to think of it as more than just the um, alternative national anthem and we probably need to if we're going to sing it bring back the more subversive lyrics that have been lost along the way I commend your piece to people Folklife Magazine online I'll see if we can get it posted um, on some of our social but enough talking this band Lula Wiles is in the studio and um, th- they've changed a few instruments. Mm-hmm. And um, let's hear a couple tunes. Thanks for answering my questions, but here's what people are really listening for. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> here's a song version of the article that we're talking yeah. about. It's <laughs> called Good Old American Values. One, two, three, one,
4: two. One, two. One, two.
5: It's all into.
2: Wow, someone wrote that one. And now we're going to do a song by the least divisive woman (laughs) in human history, Dolly Parton.
3: (laughs) We've found that in traveling all over the country, uh, she's sort of somebody who transcends the political divisions. Um, And, yeah, it's also Happy Halloween, everyone. And we did a... uh, um, four years ago, we all dressed up as uh, members of Trio, the Trio record. Issa was Dolly, I was Emmy Lou, Molly was uh, Linda, and Sean, our drummer, was session drummer Russ Kunkel. And uh, we've been doing this song ever since. So it's on our record, and it's called The Pain of Loving You.
0: in studio at KGNU, Boulder, Denver, and Fort Collins. Speaking of uh, Lula Wiles, you treated our friends in Fort Collins last night to a house concert. It was great. Yeah. It, you know, they always are. Um, and, and then um, you're playing on a bill at Moab Folk <laughs> Festival in addition to Issa's parents Saturday and Sunday, Tracy Grammer, mm-hmm. Hubby Jenkins, Richard Chindel, Martin Sexton, and Denver's favorite daughter, Judy Collins, all at the Moab Folk Festival. Then you're back on the Front Range to play Swallow Hill on Sunday. Uh, that's sure. uh, November already, November 3rd. More information at swallowhillmusic.org. Very distinct, these three venues a living room, a festival, and then a big room full of folk music fanatics at Swallow Hill. What's either, you know, sort of different about your set in each setting or what's consistent? What can folks expect uh, in particular in Denver on Sunday?
3: Well, in Denver, we'll have uh, kind of feels like full band vibe. You know, we'll have Sean on drums. Um, so you'll you'll hear some stuff that sounds like what you're hearing today, but also we've got electric guitar and drums, so it really fills out. Um, it's more of a rock show. Yeah, sort of, <laughs> we try to bring the rock and roll rock and energy. Roll, roll and um, yeah, but it's it's fun to play various kinds of things. Like, you know, I think that also at Moab Folk Festival we'll do a full band show. Um, but, you know, at the show last night we had a pretty stripped down kit and we sort of have to, you know, we don't play... Um, Quite as full-on in someone's living room so you can get the intimate vibe, but we're so excited to play swallow Hill in Denver We've is our first Mm -hmm. time playing in Colorado Mm -hmm. or Utah And so we really hope that listeners will come out on Sunday uh, in Denver. We're we're really excited about that show
0: I am too. I'm too. What a treat to meet and chat with you guys today Issa Ellie Molly um, Lula Wiles, thanks for coming into the KG&U studios this morning. I want to thank the Georges, George C., for uh, sharing time during your morning sound alternative. And engineer extraordinaire, George Figgs, for the setup and the mix, making it all sound so darn good. Yeah, Check you. these guys out, uh, lulawiles.com, and go to swallowhillmusic.org for info on how to catch them this Sunday in Denver. And um, we'll ask you to play us out. Uh, we just heard a couple mm-hmm. of tunes that are on... Uh, uh, what will we do, and uh, what's uh, the last tune you can treat us to?
3: We'll do another one from the new album. Uh, I wrote this one kind of about the feeling of maybe being kind of trapped in a relationship or, you know, kind of trying to force myself into the shape of something, about, of the woman a man wants me to be and realizing, that sucks. <laughs> so, uh, so this is sad. If I Don't Go.
4: <laughs>
0: Very nice. Thanks, little Wiles. We appreciate hearing from Thank you for
4: having us.
5: Street light down at the end of
4: the road.
5: Sometimes